great to see you here this morning. My name's Sai, one of the, the leaders. It's great to, great to be here with you. Well, what an action-packed couple of weeks we've, we've had as a, a nation that we've got caught up in. The World Cup all the way to the semi-final. Who would have thought beforehand that we'd have got that far? I remember sort of talking to people beforehand, say, ah, oh, they weren't excited about it at all because they didn't expect to get anywhere. And there you go, the semi-final, that, that was good. And then also, at the same time, and more seriously as well, you had that whole um, drama with the Thai boys stuck in that cave that we as a nation got caught up in. And, uh, you know, the, an ex-Navy SEAL died on his way out of delivering stuff uh, to, to them. So you think, God, how difficult must it be? The air levels in the cave were, were going down, water levels were due to rise. How are these boys ever going to get out alive? Or uh, certainly not all of them get out uh, alive, but praise God, they rescued them all. And uh, we as a nation rejoice. Well, I certainly did rejoice in that. But it seemed to catch the heart of the nation, that, that story, as, uh, as well. And the, the interesting thing about both of those um, bits of news is all of us were uh, not able to contribute in any way to help either the England football team or the, um, or the Thai boys. We were looking at it at a distance as onlookers, as other people were doing all the activity. A bit like when you go on a, on a bus journey. You just sit down on the bus and you go from being in a town to going into the countryside to going through a forest to going into another town. You're not doing anything. You're just sitting back watching the changing view. There's a bus driver who is doing the driving for you. And when we come to look at some of the, the big things of God, actually, we get back to sit back. We, we get the privilege of sitting back and enjoying what God has done, his completed work. So you get the big things like God in, in creation. And so uh, if I can have Mr. PA man, God in, in, in creation. There should be a little picture of the world come up there. And uh, you, can, uh, you can see how God created the world. And we, we didn't add anything to it. We just become part of it and get to enjoy it. Yes, we can make things, but we can make things out of what God has already created. And then even after mankind turned its back on God, and now we're in a position of not only enjoying what God's created, but misusing what God's, God's created and ourselves coming under God's judgment, just like in creation we get to see and enjoy God's work, in our salvation too, actually, we get to enjoy God's completed work, because none of us can save ourselves by our own efforts. You see, our own deeds, our own thoughts, our own words actually go against God and they, they condemn us before a living God. So we're not good enough, but because God loves you, and because he loves me, he sent Jesus Christ to come and live amongst us, live that perfect life amongst us, never doing anything wrong in deed, in word, and in thought, fully fill it, uh, um, filling, fulfilling everything that the Father wanted, and then choosing to die a criminal's death so that on that cross he could take on himself the punishment for all the things that you and I have done, have said, have thought that are wrong. He can take God's wrath 
against those things so that we can receive God's forgiveness as we put our faith and our trust in, in him, as we give our lives to live for him. We can ex- experience that, that now. And, uh, you know, we just get to enjoy that. We don't add anything to it. It's just by faith. Isn't Joe's song, as he sings, by faith uh, in God, by, uh, by grace alone. We get to enjoy that. We have an eternity to look forward to where God is going to restore everything because of what he has done. So these are things like, uh, these are things that we can get to enjoy what God has done. It's like being on that bus. We can just sit back and see the wonderful things that God has done. However, the Bible makes it clear there are are things that God wants to involve you in. And there are things that he wants to involve me in in his plans, in his purposes. He wants to achieve things through you and me. It goes from being on a bus analogy to learning to drive analogy. Who here remembers learning to drive? Yeah, it was a horrible time, wasn't it? I, I, I hate it, but you're, but you're there, and you're sitting. Normally, you're sitting in the car that the instructor has provided for you. You're there, and you've got access to all the controls, but he also has access to all the controls as well. And he's telling you, right, yeah, go left, left, no, the other left, mirror, mirror signal, mirror maneuver, all those sorts of things that you have to try and remember and, and listen to the instructor. All of a sudden, it goes from you just sitting back and enjoying the journey to you being very much integral from how you get to, from A to B. And there's good works that God has for each one of us to do. The almighty God who created everything, he has, hold, he has held back on some of his purposes because he wants to involve you. He wants to co-labor with you and with me to do some things together. It's an awesome privilege and it's an awesome responsibility that we have. Just let that truth sink in. A minute. God has held back doing some things that he wants to do because he wants to co-labor with you. He wants to involve you and me in his plans and in his purposes. So let's look right back at the beginning and see where God wants to get us involved right from the beginning because that's where it started. So you see God's plan in creation, from the beginning. After he created the world and he made Adam and Eve integral to the re- part of the reason why he made them is in Genesis 1, verse 28, where it says this, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. This is where it ceases to just be God doing everything and God saying, right, I'm now going to involve mankind in my plans and in my purposes as my image bearers. And of course, he could have created billions of people in one go and filled the whole earth. And uh, so so he had people all over the earth ruling and reigning in a, in a way, because they would have been perfect, that reflected God in creation. We would have done, we, at that time, we naturally would have reflected God to the created order. So God could have done it like that. 
But he didn't. He just took Adam and Eve and through them and through their obedience and through them walking in faith with him hand in hand, he wanted to fulfill his purposes on this earth. And you see, obviously we know what happened next, that sin came into the world and, uh, and sadly we rebelled against God. That image of God that we naturally get, we naturally got in creation, is marred because of our rebellion uh, against God. However, because we're still made in the image of God, we do have intrinsic value from the unborn child right the way through to the elderliest person, from the poorest to the richest, from the vilest to the most saintly person. We have intrinsic value, yet we are all fallen. That's why we need Jesus. That's why we need his saving, that, because we need, we need him to forgive us and we need to be clothed in his righteousness so that when God looks at us, as it tells us in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21, it says, For our sake, God made Jesus to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So when God looks at you and me, now we're in Christ, actually we represent him perfectly, not because we're perfect, but because we're in Jesus, and Jesus has made us perfect. So you see, when Jesus gave the disciples that great commission of go therefore into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, that's just a recommissioning of the, of, the, of the original commission in creation of filling the earth. What we'd have once done then naturally, we now need Jesus to do. That's why we have to become disciples of Jesus. And that's why we're looking to make disciples of Jesus so that they can begin to reflect God to those around them and that God can have a people all over the earth that bring him glory and that reflect his image to the world around. That's God's plan. And he wants to involve you. And he wants to involve me in that. You know, we can often uh, pray and talk like, oh, I love it, you know, about if God was to bring about some super evangelist like Billy Graham, or if there could be some Holy Spirit outpouring on an area, so there's mass conversion in, in that area, or as we were hearing last week, about an, angelic visitations, uh, visiting people, oh, it'd be great if God can do that, and yes, we want that, and pray for that, and pray that God raises up more evangelists, and that, that he does convict more people, and that more people, even in this country, get to see visions of angels and stuff, pointing them to Jesus, but God wants to involve you too. He wants to co-labor with you this morning. You know, I have four children and uh, they're, they're great fun and I love them. And we, and we do stuff together uh, as a family. Now, some of them are more naturally gifted in some areas than others of them. And some of them, for example, if we go for a walk as a family, some of them find that more enjoyable than, than others do as well. And what would normally be, say, just an hour walk between when me and Anna do it, you, get, you bring the kids along, we do it together as a family. All of a sudden, it can be two hours or two and a half hours or, or three hours because they've got distracted by a whole host of other, other things uh, along the way. But the point is, 
we like doing it together as a family. Well, we like it as parents anyway. And, uh, and we, it, it's giving us happy memories, but hopefully it's giving them happy memories. And actually, as they reflect back on things we've done, it does give them happy memories. They seem to have forgotten the trauma uh, 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 along, along the way. God wants to make some happy memories with you. He does. He wants to make some happy memories of you. You know, when we did this together, you were feeling a little bit, a bit nervous about coming up and sharing that word, but, you know, I prompted you and you did it. Well, that's great. Oh, yeah, I'm really glad, Dad, you prompted me to, to, to do that. I know, because when I, when I did that, this and this happened. God wants to make some happy memories with you, even today. And he has strategically placed you exactly where you are for this season for a purpose. It tells us in Acts chapter 17, verse 26, from one man he made every nation of men that they should inhabit the earth and he determined the time set for them and the exact places that they should live. God has placed you where you are in this season for a purpose. It's not a coincidence that you are where you are. You live where you live and your neighbors are the neighbors that you have for a reason. God planned the exact times and places where we'll live and he wants to co-labor with you in reaching out to others to make disciples of those around us. And you see, so often we can have a wrong mindset when we think about uh, evangelism, when we can think about speaking to people about Jesus to those around us. We can think of us being, oh no, I've got my, this little, you know, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. You know, I've got my little candle and it's just about to be sort of snuffed out by, by, the, the, by the wind and, uh, of the world and, uh, uh, and the devil is so, so fragile. That's sort of the mindset that we can get into. But you know, Jesus Christ, he overcame the world. Jesus Christ overcame sin. He overcame the devil. He is completely victorious and he lives inside of you as a believer here this morning. You're an ambassador of Jesus Christ. You're a son and daughter of the King of Kings. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. My friends, we need to change our mindset. You know, when, the, when there's a, a forest fire, the, the fire brigade aren't sort of sitting back there thinking, huh, look at that, that little fire over there. I mean, it's surrounded by those big trees. I mean, they're big trees, those ones. It's going to take a lot to, to burn them. Oh, and they're a bit green as well. Oh, well, you know, he's got his work cut out for it, that fire. No, they're thinking, quick, we better, we better put it out because once those trees get going, it's going to be a whole lot harder to put this fire out. My friends, you have the fire of the Holy Spirit inside of you. Amen? Thank you, Rob. Amen. Yes, you have the fire of the Holy Spirit inside of you. It's not poor little you, it's poor them. Because who can stop you when the Spirit of God is at work on you? No one can stop God. The Jewish rulers, they tried to stop uh, God when there was just a few Christians. They tried to stamp it out. But the gospel spread across the whole Roman Empire. The Roman Empire tried to stop God and tried to stamp out Christianity. But in the end, the emperor ended up bowing the knee 
to Jesus Christ. Over 60 years ago, communist China tried to stamp out the, the newly born church that was emerged in, in that country. And over 60 years later, China is set to become the country with the most Christians in it of any country in the world. Nothing can stop God. And you and I get the privilege of co-laboring with him to share the good news to the world around us. And so let's have a look at the book of Acts and see what that book teaches us about reaching out to those around us, about being sensitive to the Spirit of God and letting him lead us in talking to those people around us that he has placed there for a reason and for a purpose. So in the book of Acts, it's sometimes called the Acts of the Apostle, or sometimes it's called the Acts of the the Holy Spirit. It's probably more correctly called the Acts of the Holy Spirit through the Apostles, but then it's not limited to the Apostles, is it? It's through evangelists, and it's through uh, uh, slave girls, and dealers in purple, and centurions, and things like that. It's the Acts of the Holy Spirit through his people, drawing people to Jesus but that would be a long, long title. So we'll just stick with, with Acts. I think that's, uh, uh, that's good. Uh, but um, in it, we see God at work through his people, drawing people to Jesus. It's what Jesus said the Spirit would do when the Spirit is poured out on his church. It will, cause, it, it will bear witness to him, and it will cause you to bear witness about me too. That's what Jesus told his, his disciples. So when we go to the book of Acts, and we're just going to flick through a couple of passages, the first thing you notice right in the very first chapter of that book, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus tells his disciples, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Before they could do anything, they needed to be filled with the power of the Spirit. Or to use the words of John the Baptist, they needed to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. They'd already believed in Jesus. They'd already experienced the Spirit on them. They'd already prayed for the sick and seen them healed. But they needed this fresh encounter with the Holy Spirit in order for them to do what Jesus had called them to do, to give them the power that they needed to live the Christian life. You know, I can remember when I was baptized in the Spirit, and my relationship with God changed. It changed from one of being slightly legalistic, if you like, of uh, trying to please God and always feeling uh, 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 guilty about it, to one of relationship. It changed from one of struggling in my Christian life to one of having the power to live for Jesus. My friends... Have you been filled with the Spirit? Have you been baptized with the Holy Spirit? Are you going through a difficult time and need a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit? You know, I pray regularly for myself that I would receive the Spirit and that I would uh, be filled afresh with the Holy Spirit. The disciples, they, when they faced difficulty and opposition, it says they went and sought God again in prayer and they were filled afresh with the Holy Spirit. The Apostle Paul, in Acts chapter 5, verse 18 encourages us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the word there for filled is a present continuous. Um, and so it's saying be filled and go on being filled in the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit, my friends, to lead us in evangelism. Without the Holy Spirit, 
actually, all evangelism is pointless. All talking to people about Jesus is pointless. Unless he's at work in their life, nothing is going to happen. And unless we allow him to lead us and, 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 and fill us, the more full we are, the more effective we will be at reaching those around us. The efforts of the flesh, the book of Romans tells us, are, are, are pointless, are useless. They can't please God. My friends, we need more of the Holy Spirit this morning in order to help us witness to those around us about Jesus. Secondly, you go on to see that when the Spirit does fall on the disciples, he causes those around the disciples to say, what on earth is going on with you? And so in Acts chapter 2, you, you see that. And the, uh, the people thought the disciples were drunk, and they started mocking them. But Peter got up and preached to them and told them what was going on. Later on in his book, 1 Peter chapter 3, uh, verse 15, it says this, Always be prepared to make a defense to any, to any who asks for the reason for the hope you have. Now, we often take that verse and think, oh, I need to be prepared. I need to have a, a list of things that I'm going to do and say when someone, when someone asks me a question. And it does capture that meaning because it uses the word defense. So we have a, you know, a thought-out defense, if you like, of what we believe. But that's not what the word be prepared is talking about there. It means be ready to do it. When you, it's being prepared to actually stand up and speak when the opportunity comes your way. Many commentators actually think Peter is thinking back to the time when he was in the, in the courts of the high priest and he wasn't prepared to speak out about Jesus. He, he chickened out of it, as it were. That's what they think was going on in his mind. Well, here in Acts chapter 2, because he is filled with the Holy Spirit, he is prepared to speak out, and 3,000 people respond to him. My friends, the Holy Spirit will cause people around you to ask you, what's going on with you? They probably won't come to you and say, what do I do to be saved, Paul? What, tell me about Jesus. They probably, won't, they probably won't say that. They might do, praise God. Let's hope, let's hope that happens more. But normally, they will say things like, Carl, what's up with you lately? You seem a bit different. Or, do you know, I've noticed around the office that you never seem to swear. Why, why is that? Or you never join in with this bit of banter over here. Why, why, why is that? My friends, don't fudge your answer. Use that as an opportunity. The Spirit is causing those things to be noticed. And, and the more you're prepared to do it, the more he'll cause things to be noticed so that you can respond to them and let them know why. Because of the reason the hope you have. Even take this question. People say, oh, anything exciting happened over the weekend? See that as a spirit saying, yes, you can answer this person. Say, yes, it did actually. I know you don't believe in God, but you know, God's so good. He met with me in whatever way he met with you. My friends, we need to take, make the most of every opportunity that comes our way. And when people ask us questions, we need to be prepared to point them Back to Jesus. Thirdly, the Spirit led the apostles to reach out in public places where people gathered. You see that in the end of Acts chapter 2. So they've had 3,000 people respond. They're meeting regularly in people's homes, but they also regularly, daily, 
go into the temple, the public place where people would gather to go and share the good news together. My friends, once a month, we go out onto the streets to do Love Helsham, to go into the public place and deliberately share the love of Jesus with this town and those people that are coming into to this town. Do you know, I'd love to do it weekly. We're not at that, that stage yet. But uh, my friends, God wants to use us to be out there in the public place, sharing our faith with people, telling people about the good news, not just expecting them to come into us, us going out to where they are in an organized way. It's what the disciples were doing. There's lots of other things that I could be doing on my Saturday mornings, lots of other things that I need to be doing and my wife would uh, want me to be doing, but I prioritize going out into the public places to share with people the good news about Jesus Christ. This Saturday, as Paul said, can I encourage you, be involved. There's a sign-up sheet at the back for just an hour. But those of you that um, know also we're doing Love Helsham that morning from 10.30 till 12. Come along and be part of that. Even if you don't want to speak to people, we could litter pick. Some people will be litter picking, which is a visible sign of our love and God's love for this, this town. But others of us will be chatting with people. Moving on. Acts chapter 3, Peter takes a big step of faith in response to the Spirit's leading and he declares healing over a crippled man. Since this man had been crippled from birth and it was his custom to go to the temple gate, we can only assume that Peter had many times walked before this man and not done anything. Even with Jesus, it would appear, that he probably would have gone past this man at some stage. But at that moment... The Spirit prompts Peter to declare over him God's healing. And we get those famous words, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the crippled man went walking and leaping and praising God. The kid's song always comes into my mind as I, as I read that. He went walking and leaping and praising God. Anyway, you can see why I'm not in the choir. But uh, uh, yeah, So Peter steps out, takes a big face step, and God meets with him. Do you know there are times when the Holy Spirit will prompt you to do something, and you get that uncomfortable feeling in your stomach. You suddenly think, oh no, that's a big ask. And if, if God doesn't meet with me, then I'm going to look stupid. Uh, only, and only God can do what I'm asking uh, him to do in this situation. Can I encourage you to go for it and see what God does? Let's, let's look for God to do what only God can do. And let's respond to those big asks. You know, the Healing House team that have been meeting here for ages and, uh, and praying for people, I can tell you, because I, I, I talked with Dunk, they, he, he felt a mixture of excitement and nerves about going out on the street specifically to pray for healing for people. But God has met them every time we've gone out on the streets. And he will meet you as well as you take those big steps of faith when the Holy Spirit prompts you. Fifthly, in Acts chapter 4, we see the believers pray for boldness to keep speaking despite opposition that came that way, their, their way. My friends, as you live the Christian life, as you try to share your faith with people, you will face opposition. The devil, the world, 
will try to intimidate you not to speak about Jesus. Don't give in to that. Draw strength from the Holy Spirit. Seek him and carry on speaking. Carry on sharing the good news. Yes, acknowledge that you feel scared, but don't let fear stop you doing what you know God has called you to do. Sixthly, the Spirit of God can even use persecution to grow the church. We see in Acts chapter 8. As the the church gets persecuted and the people go and flee from Jerusalem, they flee sharing the good news about Jesus and churches spring up all over the place. 1 Timothy chapter 2 makes it clear that we shouldn't, as believers, pray for persecution. So it wouldn't be right for us to say, oh God, give us a good dose of persecution. That's what we need. No, we're called to pray for peace. We're called to pray for the peace of the nation that, that, that we're in and for freedom for us. But that's what we're called to pray for. But even when we are persecuted, even when things do get difficult for us, actually God will still grow his church. You know, in Iran... Uh, at the moment, that's one of the hardest places in the world to be a Christian. It's the, seven, uh, the seventh most persecuted country to be a believer in, in the world today. And yet, despite the fierce opposition they face, you know, in nearly in every major town or city, there is a vibrant underground house church that is growing across that land. Nothing can stop the Lord. Nothing can stop the Lord. And he wants to use you. And as you are prepared to walk with him, hand in hand, and speak out to him, speak out for him, nothing will stop the Lord having his way. Seventhly, there's spirit-inspired direction that we see. We see that in several passages there where there's a, a vision or an angel or the spirit himself speaks clearly to people. So you get Philip with the Ethiopian eunuch who's told to go and uh, where he'll be and go and speak to him. You get Peter um, who's told to go to Caesarea from Joppa to go and uh, speak with the centurion. And there's um, Paul as he's trying to work out, God, where do you want me to go? The spirit closes down this way, closes down this way. He gets a, a vision of a man in Acts chapter 16 saying, come, come over here to Macedonia. And so Paul goes there. God will guide you by his spirit if you're open to him to do that. He will speak to you. If you're seeking him, he will, he will speak to you directly with visions, angelic visitations, prophetic words, or the spirit just making it clear to you of where you should go. You know, Martin Dunsford, who, um, who leads this sort of region that we're a part of a, a, as a church, he, um, he was praying about going to Baghdad. This was a few years ago when it was uh, quite bad to see our, our friend uh, uh, over there that Andy was mentioning last week. And, um, and he was praying seriously, God, is it right for me to go? I want to go and in, in, encourage them. And someone in a meeting uh, didn't know what Martin was feeling, but stood up and had a prophetic word for Martin and said, Martin, I just see the word Baghdad with it crossed out on it. I don't know what it means. I don't know if it means anything to you, but that's what I feel is right for you. Martin knew what God was saying, that it wasn't right for him to go at that time. The Spirit will direct you, my friends, and we should seek God for Spirit-inspired direction.
Eighthly, the Spirit gave the apostles strategic plans about planting churches in uh, major uh, cities and towns so they could advance the kingdom from there into the surrounding areas uh, around them. You know, we're part of a church planting movement, a part of New Frontiers, which is planting churches all over this country. We also, uh, and I believe in time that the Spirit will lead us as a church to look to plant other churches in some of the, the towns uh, around us as well at some point in the future. But you know, when we go over to Bulgaria, when we go over to Iceland, when we go over to Uganda and South Sudan, or the work that we're involved in, the Horn of Africa, that's what we're involved in doing. We're involved in helping establish the kingdom of God in those, those places and build churches. But more than that, the Spirit gives us inspired plans as well to, to try and reach out here in the town that we're at. Paul's already plugged Alpha this morning to you. My friends, God wants to use things like that that we've planned in uh, after praying about when's a good time to do it, when's the right time to do it. We've prayed about it. My friends, be looking to invite your friends and neighbours along to Alpha. Let's see what God is doing. There's other things as well, like guest services and all stuff like that that we do. Let's be open to God and looking for opportunities to share with people about Jesus. Finally, you see this more from the the life of uh, Apostle Paul, but you see it dotted throughout the book of Acts as well. But the Apostle Paul is arguably one of the most amazing church planters that there ever was. God used him to do some of the most amazing miracles. He is so, so extraordinary that Luke even writes, these were extraordinary miracles that God was doing through Paul at this, uh, this, this time. He was somebody that knew about the Spirit of God working in him and through him. And he says this in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 18, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. And in verse 5 of that same uh, uh, chapter, he says he wants all of us to be speaking in tongues. That was his desire. My friends, you want to be more effective in, uh, in evangelism? You want to be more sensitive to the Holy Spirit? Then speak in tongues more. You know, Jackie Pullinger, which the work that she um, is famous for doing in Hong Kong amongst the uh, sort of ex-gang members who had got too addicted for drugs and, uh, and, and couldn't come off it. She wasn't seeing any fruit. And then she started to pray for 15 minutes every day in tongues that God would move in power. She just prayed in tongues for 15 minutes. Six weeks after she started doing that, they started seeing people saved and people set free. Over the years, they've seen hundreds of people set free from drugs and uh, set free from a life of crime to a life lived for Jesus. The Bible says, don't despise the gift of tongues. If you've got that gift, use it daily. If you haven't got it, seek it daily. You know, Ray was sharing with me the other day, he sought the Lord for a long time before he got that, that gift. If you haven't got it, seek it. It will help you to be more sensitive to the Holy Spirit and it will help you to be more effective in your evangelism. You see, finally, my friends, the Holy Spirit is given 
to help you lead people to Jesus so that you can play your part in working with God to bring him glory all over the earth. That's what the Spirit is wanting to do in you and through. The Spirit is desperate to work through you to witness about Jesus, to talk to people about Jesus and to show people about the goodness of Jesus. That's what he's wanting to do in each one of us. And we need to allow him, allow him to lead us. And as we allow him to lead us more, we will share our faith with those around us more and more. Amen? Amen. As I've been speaking this morning, if you're here this morning, and as I was sharing right at the beginning about how actually by ourselves we are not good enough to be right before God. If you, if you know that that's you, you know you've never accepted Jesus into your life, and you think, oh, actually, I'm in a place now where I need to respond to Jesus. I, I want to I wanna receive that forgiveness. I want to receive that love. I want to know I've got an eternal hope waiting for me. And I'm just going to ask you to pray this prayer along with me. Can I just ask everyone to bow their heads, please, and to close your eyes? If you're here today and you don't know Jesus and you want to give your life to him, you want to receive his forgiveness and know God's love and favor on you, then I'm just going to ask you to pray this prayer along with me. Heavenly Father, thank you that you loved me enough to send Jesus to die on a cross for all the things that I have done, said, and thought that are wrong. Please forgive me of all that I have done that is wrong. And help me to live the rest of my life for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, please come and speak to me afterwards. I'd love to talk to you more about that decision that you have made this morning to follow God because God has good things planned for you and he want, he's got good works he wants to do with you even at this time where you've just given your life to him. Can I invite the band back up, please? As I was preparing this, I was just feeling there's a number of areas that, that I needed to encourage people to respond to and to come up the front here. If you come up to the front left over here, there'll be a group of people waiting to pray with you. But God is wanting to fill his people afresh with the Holy Spirit. If you need a fresh touch from heaven, if you need a fresh power to live the Christian life, then come to the front and get prayed for, for to, uh, to be filled with the Holy Spirit afresh. You may have been going for a difficult time. You may be facing difficulties. Come to the front and get prayer. that The Holy Spirit will help you in your difficulties. Secondly, I felt that God would want to help some people here. You know that you should speak out. You know that you should share more. 
but you, you know that you often give in to fear, the fear of man, the, the fear of what will people think. And God is wanting to give you boldness this morning. So if you need prayer for boldness, again, as we sing this song, come forward. And then the final group, so I've been speaking about the gift of tongues at the end. If, you're, if you haven't received the gift of tongues and you're thinking, yeah, I want that, I want to I wanna be able to pray in tongues, then can I encourage you too also to come forward and people will pray with you that you can receive the gift of tongues here this morning. So I'm just going to pray and I'm going to hand back to, to Joe and the band. Lord God, thank you that you love us. Thank you, Lord God, that you have sent your spirit, Lord God, to be a helper amongst us. Lord God, he's a helper. That's how you described him, Lord God. Someone who can help us to live for you, love you, worship you. Lord God, witness about you, Lord God. And Lord, I just pray, Lord, that you would, Father, fill all of us afresh with your spirit this morning, Lord God, and that you would inspire each one of us, Lord God, to to work alongside you, Lord God, to, to, to witness to those around us, Lord God. So I pray, Father, be upon us, Lord God. Fill us with your Holy Spirit, I pray. Thank you that you have good works for each person in this room to do, Lord God. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You have been listening to a sermon from Christchurch Hailsham. For more information or to contact us, visit ChristchurchHailsham.org.